0: We're going to read of this account where the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, a virgin, announcing to her that God has chosen her to bear his son, the Messiah. And it is quite a lengthy passage, but we're going to begin in verse 26. You follow along. I'm reading out of the King James Version. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah. And entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. When I think of Christmas time, sometimes I think about some of the funny things. I remember reading about a letter to Santa, one little boy wrote, he said, Santa, couple of years ago, or he said, last year you didn't bring me anything I wanted. He's writing his letter to Santa. You didn't bring me anything I wanted. Matter of fact, you didn't bring me anything I wanted the year before that either. And this year, I'm giving you one last chance. <laughs> and you know, sometimes people are that way with God. I say, God, you haven't been doing what I want you to do for me. Or God, maybe you haven't been speaking to me like you do other people. You haven't been directing my life. God, I don't see the blessings that you have for me like I see it upon other people. I'm giving you one last chance, Lord. And you know what? I have heard a long time ago when I was going through seminary, one of our professors said in every service there's somebody who's about to give up on God. In every service there are people who are hurting. In every service there are people who are joyful and they're excited. There are some who need direction in their lives and they come seeking, but there are some people who are just ready to give up on God. They don't have any joy in their life. So there are people just like that little boy. Maybe you're here sitting today and you're saying, Lord, I'm giving you one more chance. If you don't do something unique in my life, if you don't do something that I've been asking you to do, I'm done. I'm finished. And I'm just not going to follow you. I'm not going to serve you. Well, today I think we need a message about having the joy of the Lord in our heart. We used to sing that little song when I was a kid. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart to stay. And that's what God wants to do for us. He doesn't want joy to be momentary. uh, And He wants it to be permanent. He wants His presence to be alive and well in your heart and life. Well, Mary's heart became filled with joy. In fact, the scripture continues. She began to uh, come, break. really it's breaking out in a song. It's called the Magnificat. She began to say, my soul doth magnify the Lord and I rejoice in God my Savior. Now what is rejoicing? Rejoicing is joy coming forth. Rejoicing is joy being expressed. It's coming out. It's not bottled up on the inside. I've heard people say, boy, Brother Chrisman, you preach that right there or when the choir sang that or the piano played that, I just wanted to shout for joy. And I said, well, you didn't, did you? You know? I guess what I mean by what I said is don't sit there like a lump on a log. If God's put joy in your heart, let it out. Amen. Let it out. We've got the joy in our heart and it's there to stay, but we're to rejoice and let it out. So, this word joy is not found in the Bible that often, really. You'll read the word joy here and there. What you see most often is that word rejoice. We rejoice in the Lord our Savior. So it's to express joy. Well, four things, I believe, resulted in Mary having the joy of the Lord in her heart. So I want to cover these four things. The first one will be more lengthy than the second and third and the fourth. I think that's the same in every sermon I preach. The first one's kind of long. Somebody told me one time, Brother Crispin, you preach your whole sermon in the first point. Why do you go on? I said, well, there's three things going to happen. First, I tell you what I'm going to tell you. Then I tell you, and before a preacher's done, he tells you what he told you. So by the time we're done, you get it all. Here's the first one, All right, Four things which resulted in Mary having the joy of the Lord in her heart. First of all, she was aware of God's presence. Well, was she aware of His presence before? She was aware of His existence, I know that. She knew the things about the Lord. She had had some training in the Lord, obviously. But she became more aware of God's presence as a result of this situation in her life. You know, it wasn't until Pentecost that the Holy Spirit began to come and dwell in the hearts of those who believed. Because Jesus was here. He was present with us. And He had to leave. And so He ascended into heaven after the resurrection. He appeared for 40 days to me. He ascended into heaven after those 40 days. But He told them, wait for the sending of the Holy Spirit. The Scripture tells us, that the Holy Spirit would come upon those who believe. So up until that time, the Spirit of God would come upon people and empower them for service, but not necessarily remain upon people. Two examples I'll just give you, and there are many. In the book of Judges, chapter 15, the Bible says, "...the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson so mightily, giving him the strength..." enough strength that he broke free from the ropes they had him bound with. He broke free from them. He took the jawbone of a donkey and he went and he slew a thousand men. That is, it was like a, it was like a, a knife, a sharp object. And he used that, but it took some strength. So the Spirit of the Lord had come upon Samson mightily or he wouldn't have been able to do that. First And secondly, another example, First Samuel, we read of how King Saul became increasingly disobedient to the Lord. God told Samuel, Go anoint David with oil. He anoints David with oil. David is is anointed to be Israel's next king. Just not yet, but he's already been anointed. And the Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And the very next verse says, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. He came upon David. He departed from Saul. Why? Saul had been disobedient. So God's presence was with him at certain times and God would would lift His presence from him at other times. So the Spirit of God would come and rest upon someone but might leave when the purpose was fulfilled or in this case when they became disobedient. So when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and told Mary she would bear the Son of God, she began to ask questions. How could this be that, that I would give birth to the Son of God? being, I, I've never been with a man. She is betrothed to Joseph. That's like an engagement, but even more so, it's a serious engagement. It's really, in their culture, like being married, but you're not together yet. You're, it's not a trial run. It's nothing like that. You are promised. You are engaged. You are actually like being married, but you're not together yet, and you've never been together yet. And that was Mary's position at this point in time. Gabriel answered her and said, this is how it will happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, upon you. Remember how we talked how the Spirit of God would come upon someone to help them fulfill the task? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, for with God nothing is impossible. And Mary soon became aware of God's presence upon her life to carry these things out and was filled with rejoicing. She went to see Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And John the Baptist jumps in Elizabeth's womb, and she begins to break forth with declaration and proclamation about who Mary has in her tummy. She has the Son of God. So Mary is becoming increasingly aware of God's presence and His Spirit upon her life. But I want you to listen to something. The same Spirit that came upon Samson, the same Spirit that, that came upon Saul, the same Spirit that empowered David for service and with power and might to lead Israel, it's the same Spirit that comes in and dwells in your life, in your heart, in your very being. It's the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible tells us that, Jesus said in John chapter 14, after I go, He said, I will pray to the Father, and He will give you another paraclete, or paracletos, another helper. That's the word there. One who comes alongside, that He may be abiding with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him, nor does it know Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Amen? Amen? I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. One day I thought about the fact that I hadn't changed the oil in our old suburban in a good while. It was one of the things you just kind of put it off. Well, it'll be all right, it'll be all right. For whatever reason, I kept putting it off. When I finally took it in for an oil change, you know, the young man... That little whippersnapper pulled out that oil stick and looked at it, showed it to his buddy, then brings it around. You know how they bring it around to show you. See how black that oil is, sir. See that, See how low that oil level is on your dipstick. You know to make you look ignorant, like they're going to save the day. Now you're lucky you brought it in. You know how they make you feel. You know, look at here. See that? You brought your car in just in time, boy. It could have been bad. Could have been bad. Anyway, it wasn't long before I noticed a rattling noise every time I started it up. And so I took it to my my good friend Adolfo over there on the west side of Nacogdoches. And I said, Adolfo, you got to look at this. I'm getting some noise. He said, yeah, that's your lifters going out. I said, what are lifters? He said, well, you know, you try to explain to somebody like me what all that stuff does. It doesn't make any sense, so I can't really repeat it to you. But I know it had something to do with oil. And it had something to do with moving parts. And the minute he started in on that, I said, well, what causes something like that? He said, well, it could be if you go too long to change your oil and you get dirty, oil, dirty deposits down in there or whatever. The minute he said that, I didn't hear another word he said. I didn't know what the other possibilities were. I can't tell you because I knew I was guilty. I was the problem. I knew it was because I had neglected to maintain the oil as I should have maintained the oil. So we had to do this big lifter job. A lifter job. I think it was over $1,000. A lifter job. The same happens in the Christian life. When we fail to acknowledge the presence of the Lord in our lives, our joy level begins to drop. Our joy level goes down. It begins to drop, and when the joy level gets too low, you know what happens to Christian folk? They go around, they start making a bunch of clatter. When Christian folk go around, a bunch of clatter, gripe about this, fuss about that, oh, they're not too happy about that. Why didn't they put that decoration right there? Why didn't they do this? You know, years ago, we used to do it. Like, on and on, clatter, clatter, clatter. What's wrong with them? Their joy level has gotten too low. When we go around making noise and clatter, complain about this and that, the Holy Spirit takes a back seat and He stops making His presence known in our lives. And we can say, God, where are you? God, why aren't you working in my heart and in my life? What have you done for me lately? When are you going to answer my prayers? Listen to what Jesus said. Those who obey my commands are the ones who love me and they are loved by my Father also. And I will also love Him and will manifest myself to Him. Jesus said, I'll manifest myself in your life. That means I'll prove, I'll be doing something. There will be obvious signs that I'm at work in your heart and your life if you'll love me and keep my commandments. God will work in your life if you'll be aware of His presence, not just day by day, but moment by moment. Sunday is not the day to be aware of God's presence. Sunday is the day to rejoice in God's presence. Sunday is the day to shout it from the rooftop with the other believers. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, be aware of God's presence. He wants to manifest Himself in your life. Mary was aware of God's presence. Number two, she devoted herself to God's plan. Gabriel said, you're going to be with child. You're going to give birth to a son. And you're going to name him Jesus. And he's going to be called the son of the most high God. And look at how she responded. She quickly did something. What'd she do? She devoted herself to God's plan. She devoted herself. She was committed to it. It's as if Mary said, my life is a blank sheet of paper, Lord. Do whatever you want. It's as if she said, it's... I'm a blank sheet of paper. She took it at the top of the paper. She wrote, Lord, I will dot, dot, dot. And let all the rest of it remain. Let God fill in all the middle blanks. And then she just signed it down at the bottom. Wouldn't it be something if we do that? That's pretty much what she did. You say, well, piece of cake for her. She didn't have anything going on. I mean, what's a young girl going to do in those days? Well, I'll tell you what she did when she when she agreed to commit herself to God's plans. She risked her life. Joseph could have had her put away. He could have had her stoned to death. For her to come up pregnant would have meant that she had committed adultery on him. But she said, "Lord, I will." You fill in the blanks. You fill in the pages of my life. I'm fully devoted. To your plan. Let me ask you something. Are you aware of God's presence in your life? And if so, are you devoted to whatever He would like to do with your life? Are you willing to sign your name at the bottom of the page of your life and allow God to fill in all the blanks, regardless of what that might mean? What if God called you to preach? Would you go preach? I know some men would say, well, you know, I've already got a family and what kind of set, you know, we've got things going. What if God called you? To, are you going to tell God no? God wants to manifest Himself in your life. What if He called you to preach? Would you, would you go? What if God called you to be a Lottie Moon and go into the mission field and put your little wooden box down there and stand on it and declare the gospel of the Lord? in a place where no one else will go. Are you going to tell God, no? Or are you going to say, God, my life is an open book. I have open pages. You start filling in the pages. I've already signed the bottom. Whatever you want. Not my will, but your will be done. She was devoted to God's plan. Are you devoted to God's plan? Third, she was dependent on God's power. God wanted to use Mary to accomplish something supernatural. He was going to cause Mary to conceive, to become pregnant with a child who would be born totally human, yet at the same time totally divine, holy, and pure. Not having the original sin of Adam as we have. Mary said, I can't have a baby. I've never been with a man sexually. And even if I had, I certainly wouldn't have any control over whether or not it would be a boy or a girl. How can this be, she said, that I could bear this child? But read verse 35 again. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, he tells her how the power of the highest will overshadow you. The power of the highest. That word power, the dunamis, dunamis. We get the word dynamite from that Greek word. It means not just power, wonder-working power. That kind of power, when it's displayed by the Spirit of God, leaves people saying, I wonder how that could ever happen. Because that's impossible from any human standpoint, that's impossible. Remember, he said, but with God, say it with me, with God, all things are... No, no, you don't have it. I'm going to have to go back to page one and start again. With God, all things are... Amen and amen. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. With God, all things are possible. It's wonder-working power... And really what it means is this. It's God's power to create. God's ability to create is the dunamis power that He has. You're going to give birth to a child. How can this be? My creative power. When I say creative, I don't don't mean we say, Oh, that's creative. You're so creative. No, I mean it comes from nothing. From nothingness to somethingness. He created this. So, this is the word Jesus took when he took a, he used, when he used that small boy's lunch of bread and small fish, and he multiplied it and fed more than 5,000 people. He created that. And liberal scholars have tried to explain away the virgin birth. Like, it couldn't have happened, really. You know, he just, she had to become pregnant with Joseph, and God just used that child and. My mom used to use the word malarkey. I never knew what that meant. I knew what baloney meant. Don't give me that bunch of malarkey. I I don't know where that came from. Malarkey. This is malarkey. Liberal scholars want to explain it away. Here's why they do. They know that it takes a Y chromosome in order for a baby boy to be born, and a woman does not produce a Y chromosome. Females can only produce X chromosomes. The male can produce and does X and Y chromosomes. So the only way this can be a boy is if if she has a Y chromosome coming from a male. Therefore, the virgin birth could not have happened. That's what liberal scholars are going to teach. And you, you think I'm full of this now. You think I'm full of malarkey. Wait till you go to college, young people. They're going to explain it all away. So do you know what God did? By His creative dunamis, His power, God not only created a living organism in her, He created a living organism and He created a Y chromosome. And and from this living organism, a male is created. And His name was Jesus. Preacher, I just don't understand how that could be, though. I'm kind of one of those. I don't know. With God, nothing is impossible. Your problem is not in this. Your problem is with God. With God, nothing is impossible. Oh, church, I can't get you excited this morning. Amen? I go down to black church, they get excited. I helped nine preachers do a funeral of a black man join my church. I don't know why except he wanted to put it to some of them because they had made him mad. He came and joined my white church and then he died and I had to go sit on a platform with eight or nine other black preachers and even when I got up, they got excited. I wanted to join their church. Come on. Look, nothing against you girls, but God created a son, a boy. God did that with His creative power because with Him, nothing is impossible. And what that tells us is we can rely on God's power to accomplish anything He wants to do in our life. Mary also faced this impossible situation by doing something. She believed in God's promises. Now, how did she come about this? She looked back she begins to rehearse what God had done in the past. She begins to bring it back up. She Listen to what she said in Luke one fifty four. God kept His promises to Abraham. God kept His promises to our ancestors and came to help His servant Israel. God did this. She's going back in, in history. She's getting, what do we call that? Historical. <laughs> She's going back. She's saying, God did it then. I suppose He's the same God then as He is today. And Gabriel, he's the same God you're talking about declaring, I suppose he can do it in my life too. I don't understand it all. I don't know how, except by his power and might. If this is what God has chosen to do, my life's got an open page. He can do it. I've signed the bottom of it. I'm giving it to him. So be it. Let it be according to your words, she said. So she goes back in the history and says, that basically this, has God been faithful to do all the things he promised he would do? And the answer is yes. God kept His promise then, so I can trust that He will keep the promise He has made to me today. She believed on God's promises, believed in them, and she's believing in this new promise. And in verse 45, when she goes to visit Elizabeth, Elizabeth tells her why she has been so blessed. Because you believed. Because you believed, Mary You're blessed. The Bible says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for people that He may show Himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect toward Him. God is looking. He's going about to and fro, looking for people whose lives He can work through and work in. People whose hearts are turned and perfect toward Him. You say perfect, Mary was not perfect. She had a sin nature just like you and I. God could use her though because of her willing heart and her belief that He would do what He said He would do. She may have been fearful at the first. When Gabriel came, she was fearful When he announced all of this to her, but in verse 47, she said, My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. She went from fear to rejoicing. Fear to rejoicing. Every Christmas, there's this challenge in the home of buying something for the person that doesn't need or want something. Nothing you can do is going to say, Whoa! What I've always wanted. Nothing. There's always that challenge. What is going to surprise them? Nothing. What do they want? Nothing. What do they need? Nothing. Maybe they have it all. I mean, just nothing. Do you know what Jesus wants? What would Jesus want? He has it all. There is nothing we can give Jesus that He doesn't already have or own. I mean, He's got it. There is something He wants, though. What does Jesus want this Christmas? He wants to fill your heart with the joy of his presence. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want something that you can give him. He He wants you to have something only he can give you. The joy of his presence. Okay, how do I get there? By being aware of his presence. Day to day, Lord, you are with me. Today, I've got out of bed. I've put my feet on the floor. Private Crispin to your service. What do you want? I'm aware of your presence. Speak to my heart. Speak to my life. I don't know what I'm doing half the time, Lord. I figured my family would shout amen right there. I don't know what I'm doing half the time, Lord. You tell me what to do today. Show me what to do. Be aware of His presence. Be devoted to His plan. Be dependent on His power. I can't do that, Lord. With God, all things are possible. And believe in His promises. What I think about that, Will, has He ever failed to work in my life? Only when I've failed to let Him. Has He ever dissed me? Has He ever gone away? Has He ever forsaken me? No. The answer is no. He's never done, done any of that. His word says He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Then believe in His promise. I hope that you'll think on these things and let God fill you with the joy of His presence. That is why he came, to save, to deliver, and to fill your heart full of his presence. And where his presence is, there is joy.